We'd like to welcome everyone back to the Nova Society. And today, Brooklyn brought up the topic that came out of Texas regarding what is now being called the Death Star Bill. And we talk about that bill. What does it mean? What could it mean? And what might the implications be to the state of Texas? So let's listen in. Governor Abbott of Texas, who is a Republican, signed what has been called the Death Star, taking centralized control what would normally be localized, local government purview and local government control, what they would have control over, including allowing water breaks or mandating water breaks for organizational staff working outside. And at one point, Texas was the hottest city or, or the hottest region or area, sorry, the hottest state on the planet. People who work outside construction, for example, uh, utility workers, for instance, people who might work in the fields doing whatever they do in Texas have mandatory water breaks. Governor Abbott has taken that away and has overridden saying that nope, nobody can take a water break anymore. You have to work outside in the heat and this doesn't while the 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 law does not take effect until september 1st according to him or his idea no one outside regardless of the outdoor temperature is allowed to stop and take a water break to cool off i mean not only to me is that inhumane but I would think that that would violate the occupational uh, human safety standards, the OSHA. And is OSHA not a federal law? And does that, would OSHA not take priority over what Abbott is saying cannot happen in Texas? Or am I mistaken? Well, okay. Once again, there's a lot for me to unpack in all this. The Death Star Bill. All right, so I, I have looked up the Death Star Bill while you were talking. Um, it, it really, there's a lot to the Death Star Bill. It's House Bill 2127 to go into effect on September 1st, and already Houston is suing uh, the governor over this bill, and San Antonio looks like they are next in line to jump onto the lawsuit the lawsuit train, which I'm sure many of the large cities are going to do. What it does is, in in essence, you're right about the fact that about water breaks and things like that. Of course, I, I that's kind of a separate area to this. It really takes away a lot of local government ability to manage their communities in the way that the local government seems to seems to believe that it should be. In other words, the state takes takes over. I, you know, one of the articles I was reading was somebody from Houston said, hey, the needs of Houston, Texas, that if you were to, to look at the population would probably make Houston, if it was a state of its own, probably somewhere around the 10th largest state population wise. I know the city of Houston has more uh, more population than, than the state I currently live in, South Carolina. They're saying that we have specific needs with that size population. And, you know, some rural farm country uh, in Texas does not have the same needs. Therefore, the state cannot manage our needs as well as we can because they don't understand them. 
there's a lot to the truly a lot to unpack there. Uh, it's it's a rather wide sweeping bill, which is designed basically to limit lo- local government powers. That's what it's there to do. Uh, yes, there are parts, as I said, about you know water breaks and and things like that. Um, but the the gist of the bill, as far as why I think it was called the Death Star Bill, is because it's the idea of the evil empire is going to tell everybody what to do. And it's it's I'm sure the state of Texas and Governor Abbott would be up in arms if the federal government did something like this and said, Texas, you're going to do what we tell you you're going to do. So, you know, there is there is a little bit of irony to this to this whole thing. It's a power grab. That that's what it is. All right. To OSHA. OSHA is an agency within the federal government. I am sure that after Houston, San Antonio, and uh, Dallas, and all the other big cities get onto the onto the lawsuit bandwagon, I am sure at some point in time, Ocean's going to step in. Again, it does not go into effect until the 1st of September. So generally, they don't get involved until after it's gone in. I think this opens up Texas to some very serious lawsuits from individuals. So if you're out working on, on the roads and you're not allowed to have a water break and it results in your death because of this bill, because of this law, is the state liable? And I'm sure there's some very smart lawyers out there that are going to say, yes, you are. And that opens up Texas to even more legal jeopardy. It, it really makes no sense, you know, why to do this. It probably all comes down to, I mean, when you, when you read the bill, it's about agriculture, it's about, you know, things like that. But in many ways, it's probably also about how these big cities, which are generally democratic, how they, how they conduct elections, how they have early voting, how they all have all that kind of stuff. So I think that, and you know, how they process voting and things, this is kind of a roundabout way, uh, for the Republican leadership of the state of Texas to come in, grab some power, and then basically be able to manipulate the system the way they want it to be manipulated. That would be my thought. Again, I have not read through the whole bill. I will I will sit down and read through it. Again, being in tech it, it being in Texas, I'm in South Carolina, not really on my radar. But uh the fact that Texas believes that they can limit city and county ordinances, city and county rules. And even though a lot of, a lot of cases we're talking about, you know, agriculture and things like that. I think when you really look deeper into this, it doesn't, that's, that's the, um, the wolf in sheep's clothing to be able to, to get this, make it look not as obvious as it is. But I, I would say that uh, that this probably has a lot to do with yes, those those issues that it says it does, but probably more to you know a centralized issue of, of elections. That would be my thought. Oh, I absolutely agree that that the um, the bill's intent is is to uh, prevent as more people move to Texas and as the larger cities, the large cities, the huge cities become more purple. Um, and then be, possibly begin to lean more blue and democratic. Um, of course, uh, the Republican leadership doesn't like that. And so the 
intent is to control voting, try to maintain Republican power, and to keep Texas red. However, the overall impact and consequences of this so-called, as you say, Death Star, which or everyone's calling it Death Star, um, is going to be a lot of lawsuits, as you say. And yeah, anybody who is working out on the road who who drops dead, I I can envision someone standing like a flagger, for instance, standing there and potentially dropping in front of a car that then runs the person over as well. I can imagine that both the family of the person who's had a, a stroke or whatever have you, heart attack, and the driver of the car who has been traumatized by running the person over, I can imagine that both would sue. I would in their position. And so I, I'm, I'm amazed that no one thought of looking at the potential unwanted consequences of this that are very, very serious and all the lawsuits that were likely and just said, well, why don't we not go forward with this legislation? Well, and, you know, the, the cities that in Texas that will probably fight this the most are what those are those that are known as home rule, home rule cities. And uh, in Texas, a city with more than 5000 people can choose to become a home rule city. The home rule city can take any actions which are not prohibited by state or federal law and or the Constitution of the United States and or the Constitution of Texas. And in citizens of a home rule city basically are free to choose their own form of municipal government, choose between uh, a large or small city council, something something like that, fix the terms of office for their council members, decide the methods of an election for, say, like a mayor, and they can create their own boards and commissions, which they feel are essential uh, for the proper functioning of the city. So what this bill does is it it infringes upon the concept of home rule city. It's saying, no, you can't do that. And I, I, again, I, while you were talking, I was kind of looking at what this is really, you know, the areas that this is targeting. And it's, you know, again, labor and occupation, as you mentioned about breaks for water, the environment, finance uh, is another one. I mean, it, it doesn't, and when you look at all that, that comes always back to politics. It always comes back to politics and, and voting. I don't see how this is going to stand because Texas does have the provision for home rule cities. And this basically, it doesn't totally take it away, but infringes on a lot of it. On a lot of the things that these cities, that they've enjoyed for, for this period of time. and and. And it's, my question would be is, why did you do this? Was there something going on in these home rule cities that was in violation of anything? Or is this just something arbitrary uh, to be able to take more control over not only what the cities can do? Like, like I say, uh, uh, a, a home rule city like uh, Houston can create a commission on elections as a home rule city. They can do that. They can create a commission on a voting commission. 
where they put uh, drop boxes and things like that. That's a home. Those are the things that basically they can do. Again, it comes down to they're creating commissions to make the city work and function as they, the citizens of that city, see. And and this this uh, bill is designed to basically get in the way of that. So it makes no sense to me. Of course, there's an awful lot of things that uh, Governor Abbott does that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. You know, I, I can't say that that's something terribly odd, but I mean, it, it just it does seem it does seem pretty obvious when you look at. It. I mean, I could see if he, if he said, well, listen, okay, Houston, you're a home rule city and you've been doing, you created this commission, this commission, you've been doing this, that, and the other. Uh, and you know, that's against the law of Texas or against the constitution of Texas, but there's no evidence of that. This is just an arbitrary, we just want to take control of it. And the argument is, is that businesses like to have consistency. That was one of the arguments that was presented. Businesses like consistency in rules and regulations. To my comment, the farmer in West Texas, in the you know, who has five thousand acres, his business is a lot different than many of the businesses that you're going to see in Houston, Texas, or in San Antonio, or in Dallas. The commissions and the rules that that a home city, home rule city such as Houston creates are basically designed to help the businesses that are coming to them because they want the businesses in there. They're not creating things that really hurt business. So this consistency argument that that's being given uh, basically says that, well, all of Texas is exactly the same and all businesses in Texas are exactly the same. And I mean, I, I think anybody of any reasonable thought process would know that that's probably not even close to being true. I don't get it. I'm not even going to try to explain it. I, I really, I don't know. This makes zero sense to me. Well, it's obviously to try to, uh, as you said, to grab power and to, as, as we've said many times, as you've said many times, short-term thinking, got to maintain control now and he, Governor Abbott, is clearly not thinking about the effect on the people of the state of Texas, uh, nor is he thinking about his own reelection. I mean, I wouldn't vote for him if I were there. Um, I would be absolutely outraged if I and were you know, there. Yeah, and you, you know, you have to kind of take a look at the trend. Texas has always been a pretty solid Republican state. Uh, I was watching something today where a recent poll in Texas showed that a Republican candidate for president compared to a Democratic candidate for president only leads by two points. 25 years ago, that had been unheard of. Two points. And there's a reason it has trended that way. 25 years ago, 20 points would have been probably more the correct number. Today, two. Sometimes you got to look at yourself and say, what we're doing isn't working. It's not resonating with with the voters. And yeah, there's 5 million people that live in Houston, Texas. You're about to tick them all off. And then add San Antonio. And then add Dallas. 
I mean, yes, Republicans do really, really well in rural areas. There's only so many people there. So you taken in the in the past two decades what was a very comfortable position in Texas, and you've pretty much made it competitive. There's a reason for that. It wasn't because the Democrats got smarter. It wasn't because of any of that. It was because your policies were worse, and people recognize them. And the excuses you give, and I think people actually, I, I truly do think people see this for what it is. I know that that's going to be the argument that, you know, the Houston, Texas is going to make. I'm sure San Antonio, and San Antonio did, doesn't probably, I was, again, reading an article about that. San Antonio does not want to sue the state, but guess what? They have no choice because they do not feel that the, the state government can control and can can govern their city as well as they can. And if you look at the state government of, of Texas, I could see why they think that. That makes total sense. Einstein's definition of insanity. Do the same thing over and over and hope for a different result. You've, you've done these things. You went from 20 points safely to a two-point. Maybe you win, maybe you don't. And you just keep doing the same thing. And then you're surprised when... You eke out an election. So hard hard to tell. And blame fraud and blame and blame conspiracy theories and blame the voting boxes and blame whatever. Hunter Biden's laptop. Yeah. There's, Hunter there's Biden's also, laptop. There's all sorts of stuff. Oh yeah. So yeah, this is it's an interesting bill. There's more bills like it out there. Like I say, you know, everything gets bigger in Texas. Really? Oh yeah. There, there's really there's more bills. Well, there's more. Yeah, there, there's more bills out there that that are of the same vein. Just again, as I'm reading through this, yeah, <laughs> there's there's a statement from a state senator, Brandon Crichton, authored an identical bill, HB uh, twenty or twenty one twenty seven of the Senate, and is now the lead lead advocate for Burroughs measure in the upper chamber. And his comment is, is, I have a CEO in my district out of, this is a quote, I have a CEO in my district out of the Conroe area that had business and trucking related aspects to his business, Crichton said. He had to hire three additional people to keep up with the compliance city to city and had to go, uh, of, uh, had to let go of others and terminate their positions to be able to afford these new positions. Conroe, Texas has a population of 100,000 people. Houston, Texas Five million apples and oranges, and that's the argument. My small town business owner has to do all of this to be able to do business in in Houston. That's the cost of doing business. That's kind of the way it works, and it's just mind boggling to be able to think. Well, I come from Conroe, Texas, with a hundred thousand people, and everything's going to be the same in Houston, Texas. I mean, that's just that's alternate reality kind of stuff. That's not the way it works. And his bill, it says here, his bill is likely to pass the Senate no later than next week. This is state GOP people getting out there. Now, he's going to make that one person in Conroe, Texas, happy. And he's going to make $5 million in Houston, Texas, unhappy. Uh, and do the math. Bad political math. They hold on. Now the question is, is for how much longer are they going to hold on? 
Uh, I again, I, I saw in a, a recent uh, paper that was written. It's believed that Texas will turn Democrat within the next decade. I would say sooner than that. I, I really would say sooner, especially with things like this coming out. And not only on the national voting level, but on a state level. I, I can see it. Now, they'll still have the numbers because there are far more uh, districts in rural areas than there are in. So they'll, they'll still be able to maintain the power in, in the houses of, of, of uh, the legislature in Texas. But holding on to the governorship? I wouldn't bet on that. Yes, those hundred thousand people in uh, Conroe would vote. Sort of those five million in in Houston for now. Crichton here, Senator Brandon Crichton from Conroe, probably safe. I'm sure that this makes his constituency very happy. And yep, this is great. Governor Abbott, who's elected by the entire state, not just Conroe, maybe not so good. So you got to kind of look at it like that. And that would be that would be my thought. So that's about all the time we have for this one, Brooke. All right, Brooke, we'll talk to you again. Well, you take care. Yes, sir. Take care. You too. Good talking to you. So that's all the time we have for today's episode. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the JCIS, an open journal for upcoming scholars. The JCIS is currently accepting article submissions for their fall 2023 edition. Call for papers information can be found in the description. The Phoenix Group, an independent research consortium offering solutions for social issues through multidisciplinary and unbiased research. And BH Conflict Resolution Services, a full-service dispute resolution firm offering expert and cost-effective mediation services to couples, groups, and businesses. BHCRS can be reached at www.bhcrs.com. We'd like to thank our podcast partners, Buzzsprout, who hosts the Nova Society, iHeartRadio, where people get their music and podcasts, Apple iTunes, the largest source for music and podcasts on the internet, Spotify, the most popular source for the Nova Society podcast. Finally, PodKite, our analytical partners. We'd like to thank all of our listeners. If you have a comment, question, or would like to be a guest on the Nova Society, we can be reached at nova.society.podcast at gmail.com. We'd also like to remind everyone that the Nova Society podcast is now available on our new YouTube channel. We encourage everyone to check out the channel and like and subscribe. The link can be found in our description. Remember, the power of society is knowledge. So for Dr. Brooklyn Ann Weldon and all of us here at the Nova Society podcast, I'm Dr. Mark Bound. Be well, and we hope to see you again next time.